Welcome to the Reclaiming You podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Schrader. On this podcast, I'm sharing my experiences of healing childhood trauma and the work that I do with my clients as a somatic trauma coach. We're also talking all about sex, love, relationships, career, and money as it pertains to healing and growth. The views on this podcast are my own, and keep in mind, I'm a cis white woman, so I have my own experiences of privilege. I may not always be able to relate to your journey, but I try my best to understand. If I do any harm, please reach out. I'm always willing to repair it. This podcast is mainly for women and AFAB people, but it's honestly for anybody on a journey of healing and growth. So enjoy. Welcome back to the Reclaiming Me podcast. As always, I am your host, Valerie Schrader. And today we are going to dive into friendship. More importantly, how a lot of our childhood wounding and issues can show up in friendship and also how we struggle with friendship and create healthy friendships. Because even though I notice a lot of my clients, when they come to me, like the biggest issue that they are struggling with upfront are romantic relationships. And I notice for many of us, like when we first start doing a lot of healing work, and even for me, this was very true, we first start doing a lot of healing work, it is those romantic relationships that come up like the the issues that keep um showing up either in a particular relationship or we notice particular patterns coming up with relationships that we're like why is this constantly my struggle why is this the way that I live I hate this and I would like something better please but then when I ask clients how are your friendships how are you doing within your friendships? Like, are do you have friendships that you feel safe in, that feel healthy, that feel supportive of you? Do you feel like you have people in your corner, friendship-wise, that are there for you? Not just for fun, but like they're actually there to support you. And a lot of times what I hear is even if it's a good, or like their perception of it is good, there's usually some issues that pop up, some behaviors that pop up in the friendship that weren't really thought about. So it's very much something to think about. And that's why I want to dive into this, because when I ask questions even online too, like on my social media and do polls or whatever, I will notice if I ask anything about friendships, like, do you feel it's easy for you to make friends or maintain friendships? Do you feel like you have friendships that you can really lean on and trust? A lot of the times the answers are, uh, no, it's really hard for me to make friends or maintain friendships. And it's really hard for me to um, open up to people in friendship. Or it's really hard for me to set boundaries in my friendship. And actually, I notice that there are constantly issues coming up with that. So it's something that's there. And I think the main reason why so many of us, like when we are finally dealing with a lot of shit, it happens to be around the romantic relationships. I think the biggest reason for that is like our society just puts so much pressure on us and there's so much messaging out there 
that relationships are the end-all be-all thing, right? And it's not that you can't want a relationship. It's not that you can't be in a relationship. And it's not that it can't be a priority for you. But what I do want to challenge with this is how unhealthy it can be to go without friendship and then how necessary it is for our overall health and well-being to have good relationships and how we deal with our own insecurities and issues that make having a, a friendship hard, right? So this is something that I've also dealt with. You're not alone if you're like, yeah, I feel like that's a me thing too. I've been there. I have, I have struggled with friendship my entire life. And again, when I first started working on myself, when I first started dealing with all of the trauma that I grew up with, all of the trauma in my life, that was all around relationships at first and, and sex. And yet when I started diving into more of it, I realized how much I had struggled with friendship and how much I had struggled with trusting other people. And something else to keep in mind here, because I am going to be addressing this more from the perspective of being a woman and for women and AFAB people. However, friendships are still a big issue for men or people that were assigned male at birth, because how often in those relationships are you actually getting deep how often are you connecting how often are you really like how allowing yourself to be emotionally vulnerable within those that's not something that many men or people assigned male at birth are taught to do right because it's, it's not a um, representation of masculinity in western culture and depending on where you are in the world it it really really highlights that even more so Let's dive into this. One thing that I see really, really prominently is a lack of trust in being vulnerable when we have childhood drama, when we have parental relationships where we didn't really feel heard, when we were constantly feeling picked on or judged, where we just felt like our family didn't get us, they didn't know us, and even maybe, like, they were unsafe, you know, maybe you had, like, a narcissistic parent, emotionally immature parent or caregiver, right, it it doesn't matter, but within those types of relationships where there's not a lot of emotional availability, and there's not really that safe space to open up and be yourself and share your emotions and, and have that you know, respected and, and built, right? Of course, it makes sense that we struggle with trusting people with that. The first people in our lives were not safe spaces for us. They weren't, right? I mean, how many of us grew up with our parents having the attitude or caregivers with the attitude that they were there to provide food, shelter, clothing, water, your basic necessities. They were meant to keep you alive and then send you off into the world. And the thing is, even even though for a lot of us, like we can be like, yeah, that was how they were, but like I wouldn't consider that like really harsh. 
I want you to step back for a moment and look at that. Like, how close do you feel? Did you feel like you were truly loved? Did you feel like you were truly safe on an emotional level, on a mental level? Did it feel like a place where you truly belonged? Or were you just kind of there to be seen and not heard? And then because of that, you you didn't get to be you. And that can, like, that can vary, right? Because we also have experiences, depending on who you are, of your parents, when you do try to show yourself, when you do try to be yourself, like, you'll either get teased and be told you're too sensitive, or you'll get shamed for who you are. You can be completely disowned, depending on your identity, right? There's so many things there. And when we have that experience, regardless of the quote-unquote severity of that, and I'm saying quote-unquote because it's all relative to our own experience, right? Just because it may not seem as bad as somebody else does not mean it wasn't bad for you because you didn't get certain needs met. When we think about um, meeting somebody's needs, you know, depending on the generation, you are thinking of those very basic survival needs. And the truth of the matter is you need more than that in childhood to survive and thrive, right? Yes, you have to be able to meet those base needs of food, shelter, water, clothing, right? But we have emotional needs. We need to feel loved and accepted. We need to feel like we belong. We need to feel safe expressing ourselves, having autonomy over our bodies. We need to feel like we are encouraged and supported and loved. All of those things matter. And if you take some of those away or you don't, you don't give them at all, or give them in very small doses and with big conditions, it creates some wounds and it creates some beliefs. And this is where I notice for many of us, we struggle with opening up. We struggle with feeling vulnerable. And we also struggle with having realistic expectations of others and and how we go about building relationships, how we go about um, maintaining them. It's It's... It's like an underformed skill because it is an underformed skill where it's a completely undeveloped skill, right? So we struggle with this. And that is where I see a lot of us when it comes to like really looking at our friendships. We notice that, you know, we keep people at a distance, right? We never get very close to anybody. Um, especially for those of us that are women, something I notice for us that we do this we tend to prioritize the pursuit of a romantic partner to be our everything because we've been taught to do that our whole lives. And, you know, that's just part of our culture, especially if you're in Western culture. But we also are taught to see other women as competition or if you are AFAB, right, you're, you still get the same conditioning. You see others as competition. You see them as threatening. And if, again, you did not build that trusting relationship with your caregiver, especially like the caregiver that is, you know, a woman or AFAB, right? 
it really, really heavily impacts your ability to feel safe and trust. And then how do you interact with that? I I would witness my mom. I, I knew what a smear campaign was before I actually had the term for it. Because what I would do is witness my mom and her siblings, her sisters, go through this whole cycle all the time where one of them would piss the other one off. They would do something that pissed the other one off. And then there would be this whole smear campaign where that one would be ostracized and the get togethers that they would normally have every weekend were completely um, without that person because that person was no longer in, in their clique, right? And, and again, there was a whole smear campaign done. And then over time, they, when that person would quote unquote make up with them or behave correctly, um, they would be welcomed in and then somebody else would go through it again. And this was always the way they were. It just, it was constant. It was constantly like this. And it didn't matter who it was, right? Somebody was always getting this. It was always coming up. So I witnessed that. And I witnessed the gossiping. I witnessed the, you know, the talking behind the back, the slander, whatever. And I learned that. And I didn't like it, but I learned it. So then as an adult woman, I remember when I felt very insecure and very threatened, I would resort to similar behaviors of talking about somebody behind their back, gossiping. And it was never to the extent that my mom would do it, but I still did it. I I constantly felt threatened by other women because my mom also taught me to be in competition all the time. I had to, you know, try to find ways to receive approval from her. And because she was always, again, talking about other women, talking about people, there was this constant feeling of comparison that I went through, where I was looking at other women, I was looking at other people, and, you know, how are they doing? Are they prettier than me? Are they getting more attention from a man than me? Are they getting, you know, more opportunities than me? Do they seem more successful than me? I was constantly looking at those things. And it took me a really long time to deal with that because it was the way that I knew to interact. Another issue that I had, and I, this one was really, really hard to face because there's a lot of nuance with it. When I would interact with friendships for a long time, I didn't know how to interact without having something being wrong in my life. The only way that I thought I would be cared about or sympathized with was when something is wrong. And part of that is one, like, did you witness your family or, you know, the way they interacted? Like, were they always fighting? Was there always some big drama, right? When you're used to chaos, you create it sometimes unconsciously. And I am not talking about like that toxic positivity bullshit of like, we call everything into our lives. Do we exhibit certain behaviors when we have experienced trauma, especially in younger years, because we have adapted to chaos? Absolutely. And does that mean we called it in and we 
we chose it or, you know, we choose to, to be in these types of situations. No, it is unconscious and we have to deal with that and also recognize like not everything is so black and white. There's, there can be multiple sides to what's going on and why it's going on. Right. But when we do that, when we, when we relate like that, it also was often because the only way that we got attention when we were younger was through punishment or um, something going wrong, right? Even if we made a small mistake or, you know, did something that a kid did, right? You spill milk on the ground and nine times out of ten or in your day-to-day life, you're ignored by your parent, but the minute you spill that milk, there's a big to-do about it. And that's that's the only attention and interaction you get. Kids are very perceptive. They will pick up on things like that and they will utilize that as a means to get attention. So later on in life, you see somebody that is used to the only way that they get attention, the only way that they are able to interact with somebody is by something going wrong and because you know you you have somebody that has learned the only time they're going to get attention is by something going wrong they perceive that as love because that's the only form of love that they know so of course we do we do things like that right and then again if we are not taught what it looks like to have autonomy of ourselves. If we're not taught that we get to say no to a hug, we get to say no to eating something that we really don't like. If we don't get to say no to dressing in a certain way, if we don't get to say no to a certain activity, right? We learn from that, that we don't get to have boundaries. And I've already done a whole conversation on boundaries and the nuance with that. But like, those are little things that because we often don't treat children as actual human beings, but these little things that we've created to dictate to, right? We don't teach them to have any autonomy over themselves. And so what happens later on in life, we're so used to just being uncomfortable as a form of trying to hold on to a relationship or or being loved which is not really love or it's not healthy love that we allow ourselves to be in relationships with people that do the same thing and that's not just our romantic relationships that's friendships and because we hear so often now about setting boundaries in romantic relationships which is important I think that that's where it gets ignored in friendships. Because I've even heard things say like, oh, boundaries, there shouldn't be any with friends. No, there gets to be boundaries. And understanding, again, there's nuance with boundaries. Like, right, you have to, you have to be willing to look at things at, from more than this black and white binary lens, right? And you do get to set boundaries within a relationship, Right getting into friendships with healthy people that support you. I, I've actually done a few programs where I've, I've seen people that came in as friends and it brought up stuff from one of them realizing like this friendship is not a healthy friendship and it's never really been. It's never really been supportive of me. 
because that's where, you know, you start looking at those things and you recognize and you think like, oh, this is my great friend. They're doing this thing with me and it's so great and we're, we're so connected. And then you realize like, wait, they may be here and this has never been a safe friendship. I've seen that happen so many times where somebody was like, I thought this person was my person. And then I, I recognized that actually we just had common hobbies and life experiences from our past. But as far as actually being um, genuine friends, like safe friends, supportive friends, that's never been there. I've I've had clients that like they, you know, even the clients that have told me, yeah, I I do have support systems cuz you know when we're doing this work it's really important to know that that outside of our container there's somebody in their life that is supportive and if there's not then that's okay then we work on what do we need to do to create something like that, right? But I've had people be like, oh, I do have great friendships or whatever. And then all of a sudden, there's this realization of like, actually, it's a very one-sided friendship. It's a friendship where I never get to set any boundaries, where I have to behave a certain way. I have to think a certain way. I have to do what they want and be how they want. And if I'm not that, I'm not acceptable. I remember when I stop drinking like I I wasn't an alcoholic or anything like that and but you know I had a period where I would go out and I would have drinks or whatever and I decided not to and then when I also got diagnosed with um a liver condition not from alcohol or anything it's just genetic um I realized like why I reacted so badly to alcohol when I did drink it and so I just chose not to drink anymore because it was it was one of the top things that was recommended to help with the condition. I lost friends over it and things like that happened and I realized like wait, these were not my people because if I am no longer acceptable to spend time with because I won't drink, then we really don't have any we don't have anything solid here to base our friendship on. Cuz it's not based on common values and beliefs and and a common goal with one another it, it is based on we shared certain life experiences with each other at one point and now we don't and that's okay I was in the pole industry for years because I mean if you've listened to this podcast for a long time you know I at one point had a pole and aerial studio I have I have some friends that I still talk to within that industry and in, in some respects, we've gotten closer because it's allowed us, either one of us or both of us have gotten out of it um, due to various reasons. It's allowed us to build a relationship where we are actually like, we're, there's more that we do with each other. But most of those friendships, like we're not close anymore. We don't really talk other than, the, you know, like the Facebook happy birthday or <laughs> like, like with things, right? Because it wasn't built on anything other than a common hobby. And again, that's all okay. But this is where, because we don't learn how to make friends in healthy ways often and how to maintain friendships and how to evaluate friendships, 
we don't know how to do it to to go through life understanding like what friendship looks like to us and how to do that how to build them how to maintain them what to look out for and what aligns with us and what doesn't align with us right and then again if we grew up in situations with parents that didn't create trusting relationships then of course we don't trust people like for years it it was very hard for me to trust other women and it all started with my mom and of course there were other incidents in adulthood that made that even harder for me of course there were because I was just not able to trust people I wasn't able to discern either what what does a safe person look like and I wasn't able to let down my guard enough to understand like how to be vulnerable and to do that in a healthy way because that's the other thing again like if we have learned that the only way to really interact is by something going wrong and you know there's that one friend that's like they only talk to you when they have something that they are struggling with or dealing with or bitching about complaining about and again we all have struggles but if that's the only time you hear from them it feels it doesn't feel good right you don't really want to be there for the person that only calls you when something is wrong with them. But then, you know, when you're dealing with shit, they don't know how to help you with it. Or or even if they do offer to help, like there's nothing more there. Because for I, I remember for years, I, I truly thought like, how, how do I interact with people? I remember asking myself the question um, probably over a decade ago, if nothing is going wrong how do I connect with people how do how do I talk to them like I, I literally couldn't figure that out and that's what really got me to this place of understanding like there's something seriously fucking wrong if I can't figure out how to interact with another human being and build a close relationship and friendship with them without there being some big trauma there and I didn't understand that, that, like, that's that's not a sign of health in, in relationship. However, right, when we do understand how to build healthy relationships, when we do understand how to connect with people, and when we also understand how to connect with ourselves, we can do that. We can be there when things are wrong, and we can be the most reciprocal beautiful thing in the world um you know like a friend of mine recently she just broke up with somebody she was dating and she was actually talking about this whereas like he would complain all the time about everything that was wrong but there was no check-in and anytime she was dealing with stress or or something there was no real attempt to be supportive of this. And we talked about it and I was like, I, I recognize this. I was like, I think the using of things wrong is, is kind of this weird victim thing that we do. And, you know, I hate the whole concept of like people judging like victim mentality because again, we do have traumas, we do have things. And it doesn't also negate where, yes, sometimes we can be harmful when we are hurting right nuance is everything 
and nothing is black and white. Most things are. So we talked about it was like it sounds like he's he's using this as a form of dealing with situations. I was like, and I've done it before. I recognize that. And and she was like, you know what? I thought about this too. She was like, because like, if you tell me things are going wrong, you know, like, or something's going on. And she used the example like, my my dad um, popped up with some at his checkup, some um, some cancer cells again. So he's having surgery to remove it and obviously we've just been through this whole process of camp, uh, chemo and radiation and like you know scared for him nervous for him all of the feelings are coming up right and she's like I don't feel bad when you come at me with that and just like the difference is is like I know when those times like I need to lean on you you're there you're genuinely there but you'll also tell me if you're like, I don't have capacity for this right now. And here's when I will. Or please, please, you know, tell me. And then when I do have capacity, I'll get back to it. Right. She's like, but there's also more that our relationship is built on. I was like, yeah. that, And that's why it's going to bother you. Because it doesn't feel like an open relationship. So for those of us that, like, we've learned to interact that way. It's not that I'm saying you cannot have those moments where you're like, okay, but I really am struggling and I need to talk to somebody about it. I need to be supported through it. You can do that in a much healthier way and a way that is not going to piss your friends off. Like the people that genuinely care for you, right? It's not going to piss them off to the point where they're like, I'm so fucking done. Like I, I can't tolerate you anymore. And all of the drama, right? Um, it's going to actually allow you to show up for each other better. Again, like, we literally will check in with each other and be like, hey, do you have capacity for this right now? And we'll answer back and say, I do, or um, I'm working right now. <laughs> Leave me a voice note. And when I have time, I'll listen to it. Or I'll be like, or I, I don't right now, right? And it doesn't mean that, like, we immediately think, like, she doesn't care about me. She's not there for me. Far from it. It means that we care about each other so much that we're being honest so that we don't get to this place of, like, trying to take on each other's things to the point of resentment, right? When we can't handle that. That's a beautiful friendship. And again, there's more there than just trauma. There's more there than stress, right? You share lots of things with each other. And I have many friendships where I do that. But it, it takes learning how to build that. When you haven't learned to trust a friendship, when you haven't learned what it looks like to set a boundary in a friendship, then you don't know how to do that and you have to learn it. And part of the learning of that means you also have to be willing to connect with the part of you that fears it. That fears like you're going to be hurt somebody's going to do harm to you, right? Because a lot of the time, like, when we are afraid to open up or we don't have these really healthy expressions of relationships, there's this underlying fear there of people leaving and rejecting you for trying to change things, even if it's for the better. And the truth is, some people are. Some people are going to leave your life. Like I said, 
when I started changing, I definitely saw people leave my life. I saw people just exit out and it hurts and you have to be in a grieving process for that. You have to give yourself room to grieve and that's okay and that that is necessary and I think that's where a lot of us shy away from dealing with issues because we're afraid of what we're going to lose and that's a very western culture thing to do is fear the loss without seeing this as also is it possible that on the other side of this something better will come right and and a friendship that is healthier friendships that are healthier and better for you like statistically we know friendships add to our health like healthy friendships good friendships they are huge health benefits to us in fact for women or afab people there are studies that show healthy friendships actually can save our lives because if we're going through any type of big health crisis we're there for each other, right? We support each other. We can help each other through it. But what is necessary to get to that is people doing the work to be supportive and to love each other and to be there for each other and to be vulnerable and to not, you know, let let problems go without talking about them or to address issues, Right? Like, we have to do that. We have to be willing to do that with each other. And that's what we have to learn how to do. But in the learning of that, again, we have to meet those parts of us that are fucking terrified. Because those are the parts that are like, okay, this is too hard. This is too scary. I'm just going to give up and let things slide. Or we self-isolate, right? That's what I did for a long time. I self-isolated. Like, I had hardly anybody around me. And it was funny, like, as I was reevaluating my whole thought process on relationships, like romantic relationships, and what I wanted with those, I just kept coming back to, like, it was how important and necessary it was for me to build friendship and to build healthy friendship. That was what I really wanted. So I worked on it, and it's hard, and I'm not going to tell you that there are not times, you know, that you're gonna struggle right I for a long time like again like I wouldn't reach out I wouldn't try to connect with people because I was just ready for to be rejected I was ready to be rejected or abandoned and so when it would come time to like asking somebody hey would you want to hang out with me or like talking about things and opening up it was very difficult for me because this little voice in my head kept being like, no, they are, they're going to reject you. They're going to hate you, whatever. Right. All of those things would come up and it just built so much harm and hurt inside of me because I was just isolating. And even now that little voice pops in. The only difference is I'm able to recognize it and be like, I love you and I see you and I know what you're trying to do and I know you're trying to keep me safe and I am safe. I know how to build healthy relationships. I know how to discern what's right for me, what's not. I know how to discern if a person seems genuine or if a person seems like, you know, something's off there. I know how to listen to my gut 
and trust myself there. And that's what a lot of us haven't learned. So we can't even discern between like, is our intuition telling me this is a sketchy person or is this my trauma response trying to isolate me, right? We have to learn those things. And the more awareness we build within ourselves, the more we work on that and the more we work with that part, it's easier to allow safe friendships to happen. And and I say that from personal experience because, again, as somebody that went through this whole period of time where I just completely self-isolated and I was not allowing people in my world, it's really hard. And I've even gone through, since then, like, relationships ending because I realized, like, we are just not aligned anymore. And my boundaries kept getting crossed to the point that I just did not feel good. I, I didn't feel good at all. And I was like, I can't continue this. And yeah, that little voice in the back of my head that was like, I think you're just blowing things up. I, you know, where I was questioning myself, like I had to really sit with that because the people pleasing part, of course, was coming in and being like, no, don't make waves. Don't don't ruin things. Like don't speak up about problems because that's another big issue I see is we don't speak up about when we've been hurt, when we've been harmed, when something doesn't sit right with us. Because again, we go into the people pleasing. So we just tolerate and tolerate and tolerate. And to the point where we're like, I can't take this anymore. I can't do this. I can't take this. And, or we, you know, something happens, they, they, they end the relationship. Like somehow it usually happens. We either self-isolate, we blow up in an unhealthy way. Or they do something to end the relationship and friendship because it needed to be ended. But that whole process could have been handled a lot differently. And maybe a relationship could have been salvaged. Or maybe you just realize, like, no, this is just really not a healthy person for me. And instead of taking it to mean something is wrong with you, you learn to see it as something of, like, there's, it's just an ending it isn't ending and it's, you know, you get to grieve it, you get to feel it and you get to also know that it doesn't mean that you will never have like safe, solid friendships again, because you will, we all will, right? I've been there <laughs> as somebody that for the majority of my life struggled to open up with people. I can tell you, you will, because I have developed those healthy relationships that's actually a big reason why most of the work that I do with people is group-based because I find within group programs, we start to learn how to interact, but it's done in this like really safe contained space because you also have somebody leading the group that is making sure everything, you know, is going in a, in a direction that feels safe. You have everybody, you know, working through their stuff in together but you also have somebody like making sure people feel safe make sure people feel supported it just it makes for a really great experience and I highly encourage that if you really struggle with these things um, in fact my group program reclaiming me which is where you're literally going to work on unpacking all of this type of stuff is starting on August 8th. That is our, the first call. However, materials will be going out on August 1st for it. Um, so you can sign up for that. There is a link in the show notes for that. 
But if you are doing this journey on your own, I do want to encourage you to, like, as you're going through this process, to instead of, like, because something I see when we don't really know how to build safe relationships and healthy relationships, we don't do something that is vitally important, which is treating relationships like something something of a research study and I'm not saying this from this like very cold analytical perspective but like as we're getting to know people or we're continuing a relationship with them we get to do evaluations right we get to do those separately and then together and be like all right how do I feel in this relationship does this feel good to me? And then within friendships, I've heard I've heard others say this before, and it's something that I took to heart and have really used for myself. And I've encouraged my clients to do it. Whereas like there are also categories of friendships, right? There are people that are like casual acquaintances that you see at specific things. And there are those friends that you have that you know, like you do certain activities with. And, you know, like there's a, there's a common interest slash hobby that you have with them. And then there are those people that are like, you're fucking ride or die. They are there for you. They got you, right? Learning to accept that it, that is normal and that not every friendship is going to be that ride or die one is also extremely freeing. But again, we are not taught how to do friendships. We don't even understand that that's a possibility. And when we do that, we also learn to set different expectations because something I noticed I did, and I've noticed a lot of clients do this too, is when there is this big wounding, it's like there's this very childlike part of us that is in charge of friendships. And so it goes to extremes. So there is this expectation of like, well, because I've chosen you to be my friend, that means I have to have this type of relationship with you. And there is no consideration for like, well, is this the person to do that with? Or does this person even seem open to that? Are they open to that, right? Because some people aren't. Some people don't want a deeper friendship and that is perfectly fucking okay. And they get to be in your life in a way that suits them and suits you. And it's okay. But, like, when we have this expectation of, like, you need to fit this role in this way with me. But at the same time, like, I I don't trust or I don't have a lot of confidence in setting boundaries, which means it's really hard to be fully vulnerable in a safe way because, you know, there's there's no there's no expectation there with it. Things blow up. We, we get hurt in ways that aren't necessary. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to experience hurt in friendship, right? We have fights. We have blow-ups. Let me tell you, those friendship breakups, they are just as rough, if not rougher, than the romantic ones sometimes. But when we also learn to see the relationships we're in as a continuous growth process, right? Where there is constant evaluation of it and constant you know growth and sometimes that means things change things pivot or whatever when we allow that to be a normal process of any relationship and even our friendships it helps reduce 
some of those hurts that come from misunderstanding and ex- mis you know misunderstanding of expectations essentially where we are deciding you were supposed to be this to me you because I was pouring into you this way you were supposed to be this way and you're not and that uh, hurts me and I'm angry and I'm upset right I mean think about how many times in a romantic relationship like we start going all in we start pouring into somebody and they don't do that for us and we're we're continuing to do it hoping that they will and then we get hella fucking resentful and angry and hurt that they aren't and the whole time they never agreed to it they never said that they were available to that yet and often they didn't ask for that it's the same with friendships, right? We have to look at that and say, why am I doing this? Because it all comes down to like these people-pleasing behaviors and it's all a trauma response. We have to look at like, why do I do that? And did this person ever put this expectation on me to be this way? Or did this person ever say they were available for this? If not, then you got to really look at yourself and be like, why did I do that? Why did I expect that without ever having a conversation and saying, this this is something that's really important to me, but also allowing a natural growth to happen versus like trying to force ourselves into a certain type of friendship or relationship at a certain time frame, right? It doesn't always work that way. Some friends I've met where we got close fast and and just stayed that way because we were both like just there right there's just a whole vibe there and we're on a, a a growth journey and a healing journey that really aligns with each other so we're in that same play pace right and sometimes that's not the case and that's okay but again I hope that this helps you learn to evaluate things and again if you notice this is something you struggle with and you really do want to have healthier relationships and friendships and you do want to work on building or maintaining friendships I really want you to consider joining Reclaiming Me like I said it starts August 8th you can find the information in the show notes I would love to hear your thoughts on this I would love to hear how you feel about friendships what have been your issues with it um anything that you would love for me to talk about more on here and share this with somebody that you think could benefit from it leave a review make sure you're subscribed all the good things